Well, this is She Buys It with Whitney Nicely. Welcome back to the She Buys It podcast. I have an awesome wholesaler here with me today. Y'all are going to love this. I have been friends with this lady on Facebook for years. We never actually met or chatted until today. So I just know that the goodies that are going to come from this conversation is going to change both of our lives, but change your life too. So stay tuned because Christina Spells is here and she's going to be sharing all sorts of juicy goodies that you can use in your real estate investing portfolio now next year and the next year too. So Christina is in St. Louis and she is absolutely phenomenal. Christina, please say, say hello and give us any other intro that people need to know about you. <laughs> All right, awesome. So I'm Christina uh, Spells. I'm originally from Miami, but I have my entire rental portfolio and my wholesaling operation and my nonprofit here in um, St. Louis. So um, this is my main operating market. And then probably before the end of the year, we're definitely going to be expanding into a second market um, that's on the East Coast. (laughs) That sounds like some juicy gossip, but we won't spill the (laughs) beans. So I love, I'm completely obsessed with talking about your first deal and how you got started and how you even made the jump to say, I need to be in real estate. And what was it like, you know, as a wholesaler doing some buying holds and like, oh my gosh, there's so much to talk about. Just jump in there. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I actually started, so I am the product of a guru program. Um, so I went to college, um, I have a bachelor's degree and then I also have an MBA with the concentration in entrepreneurship. So, um, I had all that stuff by the time I was 20. Um, and then at that point I was still like, um, like, what am I supposed to do with my life? That <laughs> was already, um, you know, <laughs> exactly. So I was already in management. Um, my background, um, ever since I was 16, I was in the insurance field. So I was managing a district. I was making six figures, um, but I was extremely unfulfilled working a lot of hours. And so I knew that I, there was more to life than that for sure. Um, so I took a huge leap. I bought the biggest um, program that they had at Rich Dad, um, and hired a mentor and did all the stuff for $90,000, um, which I don't recommend making that big of a commitment, (laughs) but (laughs) 90 grand. Yeah. But some people, um, and we'll talk about it. Like, I do believe that people need skin in the game. Um, for some, yeah, for some people it's healthy motivation. I just don't think it needs to be that big. Um, and whatever your risk tolerance is, like maybe for you, it's only $500 and that'll make, that'll put your skin in the game. But for someone else, it might be 10,000, you know, um, I'm, I'm a part of a guru too. I put in $15,000 and on my first deal, I made $15,000. So I fully believe that when you put skin in the game, you will work harder. And a lot of times you'll get your investment back in the first or second deal. Then you just keep going and now it's gravy. For sure, for sure, definitely. So I, I definitely agree in, in investing in conferences and education and getting to events and things. So I'm not um, by any means. I just don't think that 90000 is like <laughs> the way to go. Um, but anyways, it worked out. So that's great. Um, so I started wholesaling because at that point I had used every inch of credit that I ever had, obviously. <laughs> so I couldn't even buy a rental property at that point because um, all the credit, I actually put it on credit cards. So I was only um, 20... I was 23 um, at the time. So I, because I had six figures, I actually had like a lot of access to capital. And um, so my husband and I, we split it. He took 50,000 or he took 50,000 of the day and I took 40 or however it worked out. And so we put it across different credit cards. But 
So I started wholesaling because that was the only option that I had. Um, and I'm glad that that was my only option because I can make a lot of mistakes on other people's dime, not necessarily mine. Um, and so, yeah, so I started wholesaling my first deal. Um, so in guru school, they tell, they tell you to like, well, at this time they were telling us to like go after pre foreclosures. Right. So yeah, worst idea ever. I don't know who came up with this in a training manual, but so it was like pre foreclosures when you don't have any money, which is a terrible thing. But anyway, so I did what they told me to do. And I started door knocking and I, I just did whatever it took. Like I was writing letters. I was just doing everything that you can find easily on YouTube. <laughs> and um, so I door knocked on these people. They like lived in a really, in a nice neighborhood. Um, and so the guy was like, actually like I'm waiting, I'm getting uh, money out of a 401k so I can pay their arrears. Um, but I would be interested in selling. We have a rental property that's actually paid for. So I'd be interested in selling that to kind of relieve it. Hang on. I want to stop right there because when you're talking to this seller and you're talking to him about one deal, yeah. he flipped it over to another deal that he had free and clear. So I want people to realize that we're not just talking to broke, busted, and disgusted people out here. These are real people and just something happened in their life. Yeah. They had a little, uh-oh, a hiccup, and now they're stumbling along and somebody's trying to come through and save them. And that's our job. And that's right. what we know and that's what we do. So I love this turn of events. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was actually really cool because um, like, yeah, I mean, and obviously it's my first one, so I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm like the kind of person like I, I, I had enough information to be dangerous, right? And so I was like, yo, like I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my partners in on this. Um, you know, we're going to look at the deal and see what I can do for you. And, um, so the property is actually in like one of the most dangerous parts of St. Louis in the County. Yeah. So it was like war zone, but it actually worked out great. Like, I don't, I don't even remember how much I made, but I made like three or $4,000 on this deal. Um, selling, yeah, selling a house. Like it was so easy. That's perfect. And, you know, people will say, well, if you're not going to make X amount, it's not worth doing. And I disagree with that because you get that first deal done fast and then you make 3000, you make 4000, you do another deal, you make another three, you make a 30, yep. you do another deal. But, you know, you're learning all the time. You're growing all yep. the time. And when you go to college, you're just paying out, paying out, paying out. And they're not really teaching anything. This right. way you're learning life lessons on how to maneuver these deals. There's thousands yep. of ways to make money in real estate. And I, thousand making money and helping people if you can do them both at the same time yeah do it Until yeah so how to make more and then do that <laughs> right of course and I mean that's the thing is like there's so many options when it comes to real estate so like right now I'm doing a deal um where to be honest I'm not going to make anything it's zero and this is the first time I've ever not made any money on a deal but honestly like for me it's like the seller's really in need um I'm actually going to wholesale it um, and I'm not going to keep it as a portfolio, but I'm like, I make, I make enough money. Like I don't have to eat off of every single thing. I'm not telling you not, you know, this is the first time in like over 400 transactions that I've never made any money, but because I'm in a position where I don't necessarily have to make it, it's kind of nice. Well, I also think, I feel like I'm charity. doing charity. It's, <laughs> exactly. oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> it's charity. You yeah. Give 10%. Or you can do 10% of your deals for free. Lawyers yep. do pro bono work. People go serve food in kitchens. Like there's lots of ways to give back. It doesn't have to be yep. in a check. You could just right. help people. And helping people is never the wrong thing to do. 
Yep, exactly. And yeah, like, yeah, right. It's no, you said it right. The right thing to do is the better yeah. way to say it. It's always the right thing to do to help people because then, you know, when God gives you a gift and you turn it into a gift for somebody else, he's going to bless you 10 times over with 10 other people where those deals are easier just because yep. of this. Yep. And a lot of times, you know, like where like something was really, really complicated or, you know, I did, I, because I was doing short pre foreclosures, I did a lot of short sales. And so some of the situations were, you know, they weren't short sale opportunities. Maybe I felt that that person really could qualify for a loan mod. And I'm like, I, I'm not in a position, you know, I don't, I don't make money off a loan mod, you know, and that's okay. Um, but, but then that person would refer people to me because they're like, she helped me. I don't know how she helped me, but she helped me. And so, um, my biggest thing, like just across the board is just being a resource to people. It doesn't really matter, um, in what form, like where it is. Um, it's just keep on showing up for people. And I think there's, there's thousands of ways to make money in real estate. Mm -hmm. What's beautiful about the way you've done this is you learned one path and yep. then you learned another path and now you have a portfolio and now you're doing some other things and now you've got partners on a different coast. And yep. so I tell women it's, I don't like the tool belt example because I don't yeah. know how to use a hammer. I'm Me either, but it sounds belt. good. Yeah, but I tell them it's like, it's like being in the kitchen and you can use a spoon for just about everything, but sometimes yeah. you want to use a spatula and sometimes you need a whisk and sometimes like you just need different things, utensils, tools, yeah, yeah, to get to yeah, tools and utensils, yeah, yeah, for sure, I agree with you, and I think that a lot of times, like, that's what I love about wholesaling, like, starting in wholesaling, and I always tell people, like, if you can start wholesaling, especially now, because, like, cash flow passive income is like such a sexy term and I feel like it's so over like so overutilized but if you don't have money in your bank account you shouldn't be owning rental property yet you should you should you should wholesale like learn what a really good deal is you can learn how to analyze cash flow properly you can know what kind of issues tenants have where to even source tenants what good property managers because you've seen it happen over and over again so just let someone else pay for your experience. You know what I mean? Instead of having like so many people are like, I want to buy a rental property. I'm like, how much money do you have? How much do you have in reserves? How much do you have in anything? Like it sounds, even with subject to or seller financing, it sounds so sexy. But when the furnace goes out, do you have money to pay for that? What if the furnace and the water heater and the AC unit all go out within two weeks of each other? It's impossible. Like, or you have five properties and the furnace goes out on one and the water heater goes out on another and this goes out on the other and then, and then, what you and then you got two vacancies and then you got an eviction. <laughs> now what are you going to do? You know? Yeah. So that's the thing about, about not being in a desperate place. And I feel like that wholesaling is a real estate vehicle that gets you out of desperate situations. Like I will never stop wholesaling. Like it's, it's an ATM for me. Like it's the easiest thing ever. Like, um, but I mean, there is work that goes into it. So I'm not going to say that, but it's okay. Maybe easy is not the word. Simple is the word. It's a strategy it's and a it's simple. a mindset. And when you figure out how to make that work, then do it to it, baby. I'll also say yeah. though, my first year I did assignments. So I really wanted yeah. to be in creative financing. I really want to do owner financing and lease options. And so I did 14 deals. I made like $136,000, but I didn't keep anything my first year. And a lot of people don't realize that. Looking back, yeah, I wish I'd kept some of them, but not all of them. No, but even, made, even then. I made good money, and then I could see it through on the other side. Some of those houses boomeranged and came back to me, and then I got to make money on them again. 
Right. I, I wasn't ready to manage them monthly and juggle them monthly and right. do all that. I just want to make some money, get my investment back and figure some things out before I stayed. So I yep. love that. So yeah. How you started wholesaling? How'd you go from pre-foreclosures to wholesaling? So actually I was wholesaling the entire time. So pre-foreclosures was like how, you know, prior, not like pre-foreclosures that um, were going, they were, they did have auction gates. So they had, you know, they had a date in mind. Um, so I was wholesaling the whole time. I was just using different strategies. I was, um, driving for dollars and looking it up on the county assessor's website and, you know, writing it down in a notebook before there was cool apps, <laughs> um, <laughs> like when deal you, machine. <laughs> what year was it that you got started? Five years ago. It'll be five years this year. Yeah. Four, 14 or 15? 14. I started in 14 also. And I, yeah. I feel like such an old person in this. Cause I'm like, yeah, you write it down. And they're like, but there's apps. And I'm like, I don't know how to use those. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, but one thing it's that true. never goes out of style is being able to talk to sellers. Yep. For sure. I mean, whatever that's where you make app, your money. Whatever app yeah. you use. Exactly. That's how you make your money is talking to people. Yeah. So you're writing down addresses and you're finding people with yep. cash that want to take over these deals. Do you have yep. any criteria when you're looking for a good wholesale? What are you looking for? Who are you trying to So, help? So now it's a little different. Um, but when I was, when I first started, honestly, I was just doing anything and everything. Um, so I was doing the pre-foreclosure list, but I was really tackling like vacant houses um, because, and this kind of segues into everything is that I thought that a house had to be vacant for me to wholesale it. And that is not true. So I'm That's super passionate. True, but it is I'm way easier passionate. if it's empty. That's one of my criteria. I have three rules and it has to be vacant. What? No. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so now, um, honestly, I buy occupied houses um, with tenants in them. Um, I, yeah, I mean, and that's a great criteria. It does make it way easier if it's vacant, but I'm going to be honest. Um, a lot of my end buyers or my partners that I bring in on deals and stuff, um, we actually want them to cash flow. So um, as long as we check, you know, rent rolls and leases and do a deferred maintenance sheet, um, it's usually a lot easier and I don't have to worry about a lot of things, but you know, now, every once in a while. When I have a different set of criteria, when I'm looking at apartments or multifamilies, yes, yeah. absolutely. I want all those things. I want to check all that out and do all those things. But for me, for houses, because I don't have partners, I take all those on myself mm -hmm. and I'm usually taking it on with owner finance and lease options. I want it empty so I can start showing it immediately. I don't want to work around somebody's dog schedule. <laughs> yep. No, that makes sense. Especially for seller financing or some, you know, for those kind of lease option deals. Um, it's definitely way easier to do that. Um, I, w I just like to cash flow. So if we can take it with tenant, and honestly, it really depends. So there's like, a, there's a lot of properties in the portfolio right now. So it also depends on like what my crews are doing. Um, you know, if I have a lot of vacants, if we have tenant moving out, like I rather buy some tenant occupied stuff so it can kind of like balance out a little. <laughs> you said something earlier that I think is brilliant. Yeah. You said, you know, in the beginning, you didn't really know what you were doing. So you're just doing what you were told. And now that you got all this experience, it's way more complicated. You can't just go look at a deal anymore and it just fit one box. Now we have to consider all these things like what's your crew doing? Where are we on cash flow? Whose partner's money's tied up? Blah, 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 blah. Like it just gets bigger the yep. longer you stay in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The more money you make too. So that's always good. <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, so initially, I mean, and if I were starting again, like today, like let's say I had the knowledge, but I lost everything. 
um, no money, you know, everything. I probably would just drive for dollars. Um, so we use a deal machine, which is an app that's super cheap. And um, I don't even use it for postcards. I use it to export the data and call on the data. So um, just call the owners and let them know like, hey, I'm looking to purchase a property. I'm not even sure if you're interested in selling, but that's it. The man that created it runs at David Lecco. I had dinner yeah. with him at a guru seminar just uh -huh. randomly, and he is absolutely fantastic and just a really He's chill so dude and has a great product. You're absolutely right. Yeah, they're actually, they're from, both of them are here from St. Louis, but they live in Indy. But yeah, they're great. They're great young guys, um, and they really care about people's feedback. So if there's ever a problem, like they're really, really willing to like fix it. it I think they really understand it from the investor side too. A lot of app developers haven't been in our shoes. And so they're just kind of like trying to make, you know, the algorithm work or whatever. And it just doesn't mm -hmm. feel. Yeah. Right. It doesn't feel investor friendly. <laughs> right. So I like to talk about the good, bad, and ugly. We've yeah. covered some good. Let's talk about mm -hmm. some bad and some ugly. What are some lessons that you learned? If you could go back and know these lessons, what would you avoid or do different or what do the ladies listening to this need to know to look yeah. out for um i think the biggest thing is like it's okay to attend events and get plugged in to other women that you you know um but but stop um i guess like over analyzing things i think a lot of times what happens is that we stay stuck in these spaces um because we think we need more information and the reality is is that you, whatever you read isn't going to make sense until you actually do it, you know, and I can tell you my story, Whitley can tell you her story, like all my friends could tell you anything. And the reality is, is that until you're ready, it's not going to click. It's not going to make sense. So I just encourage you to get extremely uncomfortable. Um, at the end of the day, like none of it is going to be easy. Like you're, you know, you're going to get butterflies in your stomach and you're going to feel like you can't breathe and all this stuff. Like, at the end of the day, you just have to continue to do it because it'll get easier. It's like, I, I always try to use the analogy, like your first day at work, like that, that seems so normal to you because you're okay with working, right? But you know, the first day at work, you don't know what your coworkers are going to look like and you get nervous and you don't really know what the job's going to entail. So if you put that into the same place, like invest that kind of energy and time into your own business, into your own knowledge. Um, and plug into podcasts and so you know I don't I don't really read books on like real estate investing because I feel like it's not actionable <laughs> I like personal development books but I really like podcasts way better about real estate um, just because it just feels more real like I want to know like you said the good the bad the ugly like I just left a property that was tenant occupied by um, one of my contractors had some workers and they just trashed the whole thing like like that, that stuff happens, you know? And so I'm not going to keep that from you, but you have to realize like, if you're in a place where you need, you know, you just need to wholesale, be honest with yourself. Like be honest with yourself that you're not in a position to buy a rental property. Be honest with yourself, like analyze your situation and just go for like, I think that a lot of times people think wholesaling is like a tap. Oh, it's like a beginner strategy. First of all, I will never stop wholesaling. I love wholesaling, like a, an easy $50,000 without doing anything, an easy $10,500, like that just doesn't make sense why I would not, why I would even stop that. So, and passive income is amazing, but it's not passive. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, that's my advice. I, I love real estate. I, um, I love what the lifestyle and what it's allowed me to do to be able to give back to people, give people safe housing. Um, cleaner options, you know, all that kind of stuff that, um, that, you know, people don't always have access to. 
I'd like to add too, when you're listening to the podcast or you're reading books or you're going to guru camp or, you know, you're coming to even one of my events or whatever, you're absolutely right. Whatever I say is just like one dimensional, but when you are out there and you're in a house that smells like cats, it's totally a different ball game. And I think, you know, I've done 70 some odd deals the last time I counted, like not as many as you have, but I've done a good bit. Yeah. And I learn something new. Every time. Every single time. You're never going to know it all. You're yeah. never going to know exactly what's going to happen because we're in a people business. People and are weird. People do very <laughs> people-y things sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And that's the <laughs> nicest way I can say that. And that's yeah. coming from somebody who admits to having a crazy girl brain and doing some weird things from time right. to time. But people just do crazy things. Or even, you know, when people are recording titles, sometimes people make mistakes. And then we got a title problem to go through. And it's not exactly the same problem that we fixed the last time. So be right. ready to learn. If you're not okay with learning and growing on a daily basis, Right. Real estate may not be for you. No. I mean, and you have to adapt to personalities. You have to, the title people, like, and it, it's, you're right. It's never the same thing. It's never the same paperwork. I mean, yeah, the, the initial contract works, but initial, after that, it's like balls to the walls because, like, you never know what kind of quick claim deed you're going to need to file to clean, to kill someone off title. What kind of affidavit? Like, there's so many title issues that could happen. <laughs> but I wouldn't let that stop you either. No. Because, you know, you can either pay and go to med school for, like, what, 14 years and then still have to get out. And still be broke. And still serve <laughs> for another seven years and then still be broke. And, like, it doesn't take that long in real estate. And I, I think sometimes people have a hard time accepting that I can make $50,000 for doing one deal and having five hours invested with a, you know, and that could be overwhelming. Like that could be paralyzing. Like a lot of times people have, um, it's called like money mindset issues, probably. Like you don't feel like you think like you just have this conflict within yourself that you're not deserving of that. And I want to, I want to encourage you to really fix that because you're only going to attract like what you, what you believe that you really deserve. And just because you've been poor your whole life or you haven't had opportunities or no one has ever shared how to make real money with you doesn't mean that you are not capable of making real money. But you have to change. Some of the things that you're doing aren't going to produce a $50,000 deal. Right. But you have to know that they're out there and that you can handle them and you're going to figure it out and fix it. And, you know, I, I have a hard time and I see how this happens to all of us. We're on social media and it looks like everybody's killing it. It's not true. And if you see somebody's $50,000 check on Facebook, that could actually end up being like, what, $1,000 that they really cleared, made? Mm -hmm. yeah. And who knows how long it took them to get there. So yeah. don't just look at the surface level. I mean, celebrate it because right. if you're trying to get to a $50,000 deal and you see somebody else doing it, don't get jealous. Be like, oh yeah, girl, if she can do that, I can too. Right. Whatever happened to her, I can survive too. And I say this. You know, if somebody gives you a gift and it's not the fool that you wanted, do you go, oh, no, thanks. I don't want that one. Or do you say, thanks. And now I'm ready for the next one. Because if you get a $5,000 fee, okay, thanks. Now I'm ready for the next one. Yep. If you go 5,000, 
Yeah, exactly. And then we're going to get to the next one. Yeah. And I know you mentioned God earlier, so we'll go in with that. But I mean, the reality is, is that I can't give you what you're not ready to receive. And you have to be, you know, that $5,000 check or that $5,000 opportunity could be the reason, the option, the gateway drug to get to 50. And if you can't make it through five, what makes you deserving of 50? Absolutely. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I, and people say it a lot when, when, you know, when you have money, like, oh, you know, if you can't manage $10,000, why would you, how are you going to manage a million? And, it, and I used to be like, man, if I had a million dollars, I'll figure it out. <laughs> and the reality is you will figure it out. But, but really like, really looking at it, like it makes all the sense in the world. Like if you're not able to manage, you know, the basic lifestyle, how, how would you be able to manage the responsibility of having to give to charity, having to show up for people, having to do really uncomfortable things? Because at that point, it's not about you anymore. It's about everybody else. And I, I want you to have big goals. Mm -hmm. I want you, if you want to own a hundred doors, great. But why don't we see how you do with one house first? The action into a triplex or a duplex and see how you manage and maintain that before we just dump a hundred and you shrivel up and die. It's hard. It's very hard. Like, um, I just took my property management in house in June of last year and, um, I had property managers before that. And, um, you know, once you get to a certain amount of doors, it just makes sense to go in house, um, to save money, um, and to control construction costs. Cause that's like one of the biggest things that we have a problem with whenever you're outsourcing. Um, and it's okay, you know, when you're doing five, 10, 20, 30 doors, but once you get into hundreds, it, it, it can be very challenging. So, um, I learned so many different obstacles in that space. You know what I mean? Like, like just building a property management company has been a challenge, like evictions. Like, I guess I, you, you don't know what you don't know. That's the reality. And as you roll out things, <laughs> you'll find out quickly. Yeah, do you want to manage? Do you not want to manage? Do you, yeah, figure it out. You're going to have to figure it out. <laughs> You're going to have to figure it out, but it's also important to have a team and to have humans around that you can talk to and understand. Humans. Like, speak the same language too because one thing is I don't I don't know anybody who says when I retire I want to get another job and work 80 hours a week and have a heart attack and die because you can create that life for you but most people want to have freedom and flexibility and the only way for you to do that is to get a team and to get somebody else to help you do the management get somebody else that's hard the evictions but you got to know how to process it before you can train somebody else it, it's definitely hard that that whole process has been hard especially when um if you're at if you're just starting um this will make sense in a little bit <laughs> but as every it's gonna be your baby right so you're gonna think this is your baby like it's everything that I've ever worked for it's the only thing that's ever been a hundred percent mine that no one could take away from me and so obviously I have control issues with that um <laughs> and it's not something that I'm proud of but as I kind of start delegating and, you know, I bring on more team members like that, it, it made it so much easier. I do have that balance and that harmony um, where things can mutually coexist. But initially I took ownership of everything because that is what made me successful. You know, like I had to do that because if I didn't, you know, I couldn't hire a team at that point. So it's a transition, right? So like I, you hear, I hear a lot of people talking about, 
well, you need to hire people as soon as you get started to answer your phones. You need to hire somebody to build a website. You need to hire somebody to be your acquisitions manager. You need to hire a team. You need to hire, 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 hire. When I started, I was in the ditches mm -hmm. and I yeah. was doing everything. And that's why I yeah. only did 14 because it was all me. I was the bottleneck. Yeah, but you were also 14 deals richer and you didn't have to share none of your profits. And the second that you were ready to hire someone, you knew exactly what you needed them to do. And but that, how that's long it should take. <laughs> right, right. And also too, like process and implementation, like there's so many different things. Um, so once you're ready, I think that you should go through a lot of deals by yourself first. Um, even if it's joint venturing, like bring in a joint venture partner. Don't create a company with them. Just joint venture on deals. You bring the buyer, they bring the seller, however, you know, it works. But don't, don't be the bottleneck. Um, but at some point, like that is what's going to get you into this business. Like you're going to have to take on things and don't overwhelm yourself. You know, like just, just keep it simple. Marketing, buy, sell. That's it. Like you don't have to focus on a website. You don't have to focus on any, unless it's pre-made and you're paying a hundred dollars, like from Carrot or Aria Blackbook, whatever. But don't spend time on all the stuff that's not income generating, because you're not gonna add, you're not gonna do Google words right now. Like I I blew so much money on Google. Like don't you know like just keep it stupid simple network, um and door knock you know and leave sticky notes like make it so simple that you know if you told your little brother to do it that he could do it like that's it. I agree. And <laughs> once you've got those systems and processes in place, then teaching somebody else how to do it, you will really learn all yep. the things that you just got to been muddling through, but you'll figure it out and they will too. But I think that you got to do it yourself first. And that's what I Back. really focus when I help women. I want you to do this. If and when you hire it out, fine. That's fine. But you'll know if it's right or wrong. And you know, <laughs> most women, one deal a month, is, that'll change your life yeah exactly you can do whatever you want to in a year if you do one deal a month Two i mean years, the average person years? the average person like growth you know that they're making forty thousand. you know like think about that so let's say you make five thousand dollars a month like one you could quit your job so now you could really scale it to ten thousand dollars a month um so I, I think that's the biggest thing is like we Either look at someone who's done so much, right? And we're like, we can never get there. Like that seems so far. Um, but the reality is, is that look at your own finances. Like you might only need $5,000 a month. That's one deal. You don't have to drive a Lamborghini to be a successful real estate investor. I definitely do not. <laughs> I don't either. You know, <laughs> everybody's I drive an Altima. <laughs> I drive a Hyundai Sanche, like it's exactly. so big deal to me, but that's not my definition of success. And everybody has a different definition of success. And your mom's def definition could be different than yours, could be different than your sister's, could be different than your husband's. Like there's so many different versions and yep. ways to be successful. You don't have to fit into somebody else's. If you just want to kick it and make an extra five grand on autopilot and that's your version, do it to yep. it, baby. It'll take you like a year. Yeah. Or chill. I mean, most people just want to do one deal and like sit on a couch. Like if that is your definition of success, I'm not judging you. I'm not judging you. You do whatever you want yeah. to. Yeah. I pretty much quit investing because I wanted to coach. That's what I wanted to do. That was my version of success was helping other women get their deals. See the possibility. Right. Yeah. 
So that doesn't have to be yours though. Yeah. No, but do your deals, run your race and focus on what you can accomplish. Right. Cause I, I mean, I like doing this. I like doing podcast interviews. I like speaking from the stage, but I don't, I don't want to coach one-on-one. Like that's not my level of success. Like that's yours. Um, my level of success, honestly, like, I don't know what that exactly looks like right now. It involves being in like complete harmony of like multiple things. Um, and like really being able to serve, um, like through my nonprofit. Um, so my nonprofit, I, we basically service, um, young black men age of 12 to 24, um, and take like their street hustles into legal hustles, their transitioning soft skills, like the whole thing, like really into entrepreneurship, just making in these neighborhoods where no one has seen a successful entrepreneur or, you know, doesn't have the ability to even make that leap or even know it's possible for them. So that's really my passion, but real estate affords me a lifestyle where I can live comfortably. I'm not relying on grants to fund my program. Um, and we live, you know, we live a, a nice lifestyle. Like, I mean, I'm not balling out, but I get to go on a trip, you know, if I want to book a trip tomorrow, I can. And so that, that is my level of, you know, I just, I just want to be within my purpose and show people that real estate doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be complicated. Um, you can literally do everything that you want to do. It doesn't have to be all encompassing either. You can have a life and you can have a nonprofit and you can give back. How did you decide? How'd you get into this nonprofit and yeah. decide to grow it? So um, we created it, but I have a partner um, and he's the executive director of, so he's also acquisitions um, in my business. And then he, we partnered on the, on the nonprofit. So he has a master's in social work. Um, it's a, it's a community that I've been, you know, I've been investing in and it's just kind of been perfect harmony. It's the neighborhoods that he's from. Um, and I mean, that's really, that's really what it is, but it's just something that I'm super passionate of um, just giving people resources. Like you are about giving women resources to know that real estate is possible for women, period. Um, because if we don't see, you know, Hispanic women, we don't see black women, we don't see white women, we don't see any, you know, anybody doing it, we don't think that it's possible for us. So it's kind of changing that narrative of like, you know, real estate investors have to be male. Like, no, that's not, that's not the, the initiative. Like I run crews, I, you know, like I run everything. Like I don't, you know, I have a great team and great support, but if I'm being honest, I mean, yeah, the workers are guys, but the people running it are girls. to be on this side but that I mean it's just that it's just like working everything working together um that allows you know allows a lifestyle um I'll just say one last thing but when I first started in real estate my goal was like to make ten thousand dollars a month like that's what you know one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year that was comfortable it would replace my income and I would be chilling right Yep. And, you know, at that point, I was, I was eating at Ruth Chris, uh, you know, I could go to fancy restaurants, I could drive a nice car, all that stuff. Like it was, it was, a, that was my frame of reference, $100,000 a year. And um, when I got to that point, I realized, like, I don't have kids. So um, I had to realize that my vision had to be bigger than just me and even just my family. So um, I, I went to like an underserved population, like, okay, who's as, who's so marginalized in this world that, not in this world, but in the United States, um, because I feel like doing work in your own backyard is really, especially if you're investing in an area and you're owning rentals, like you need to be invested in the community. But so that, that's kind of how that happened was 
I was like, okay, I'm going to be investing in these communities, but I also have to bring resources to this community. Like we do a lot of community development stuff. Um, and, you know, a lot of people talk about investing in the hood and yeah, you can invest in the hood, but only if you're adding value to it, don't invest in the hood to be a slumlord. Um, I also so, think if we're yeah. going to talk about investing in the hood, let's work on helping the people there too. It's not yeah, just that resources. I'm there and I'm investing. Let's help them invest. If, if they're going to yeah, live sell their finance. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. Like help the people and you'll never go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing, like, through seller financing, like, that changes, that changes neighborhoods. Seller financing changes neighborhoods because you're not just a renter. You're, that's your house. You own it. Well, that's what we started with is talking about skin in the game. When they become the owner and they're making the payment and mm -hmm. they're seeing their family become the owners, like, that's their skin in the game. Yep. Yep. And it changes their perspective and the way they see everything and the way they take care of everything and the, everything just changes. That's awesome. Yep. But that's how, I mean, that's how you change, like, the narrative in a community. That's how you, you have to create opportunities for people. Um, I feel like, you know, just like you, I feel like I'm, I'm chosen. Like, I was chosen to be, the, to be the person that shows people it's possible for them. But that's not something that I take lightly, which is why you have to show people, like, it's not, like, where you are right now is not where you're supposed to be for the rest of your life. Like, you're, you know, it might be comfortable and it might be easy, but even that, you know, it's kind of like being fat, like being fat is not comfortable. Like you get to choose your hard. Like, are you going to work out? That's hard. Or being fat is hard. Like it's the same thing, but you have to know, you have to be exposed to new things. And I feel like it's our responsibility to show people like, and, and your family might not buy into it initially. Like, you know, real estate investing, like people are like, oh yeah, you're going to, you know, you're going to make money. Yeah. Okay. And so that's the thing is just like bridging the gap between people and just showing everyone that it's possible for them. Um, and maybe you just want five rental properties. Maybe that's your vision. Like that's perfect. I'd rather you have one than have none. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. Whatever maybe, your vision is. Maybe you get into it and realize that you don't want five houses and you trade those into apartments so that you can hire a property manager. Or maybe you get into that and you say, you know what? I just want to loan money and make money. I don't really actually want to own it. And then you become like, there's thousands of ways to make money out here. And if I can figure it out, if, if you can figure it out, if Christina can figure Anybody it out. Anybody can. Everybody can. Anybody can. But you got to want it. You got to yep. be really willing to work for it. And I think it's important, you know, to live your best life ever. You've got to have that greater vision. Like you were talking about, it's not just you, it's not just your family, it's the community. How are we going to make everything better? Yep. Yep. And it's, and sometimes a lot of times, you know, people want to just do charity. Like they want to give a thousand dollars and you know, that's fine. But I feel like that doesn't necessarily change the narrative, like giving people money um, especially in an underserved community is just, it doesn't give them the resource. It's like the whole thing about you, you know, you can lead a horse to water. Like, yeah, you can lead him to water, but if he doesn't know how to get there every single time, he's gonna, he's gonna drown. I mean, he's gonna be, you know, he's gonna be without water. I was gonna use the fish. You can either give yeah. a man a fish or you can teach him to fish. And exactly. I, I change it and I can either give, because people used to come to me and they'd say, well, just give me your houses. Right. <laughs> it's so easy. No, I'm going to teach you how to get how to get your own houses so that you can do this forever and ever. Amen. And you know, then you can go and do bigger deals or you can stop and say, you know what? I tried it. It was cool, yeah. but I'm out. Yeah. And I think that's like the biggest thing I was talking to someone today who's an ex NFL player. And basically what I told him was, I'm like, 
the reason why there's, you know, NFL players go bankrupt after, you know, the lifespan of NFL three years. And the reality is, is you know, you don't have the skill set to manage money. For their entire life to do one thing. Nobody ever trained their mind to do the other things. I agree. I get it. Yep. Yeah. So I was, I was just telling him, I was like, hey, like, I don't want people to be dependent on me. Right. So it's the same thing with, you know, charities and things that give money for, for different things. Like you're making these people dependent on you because you're just giving them the money. You're not giving them the resources to be able to make that money themselves. There's a great story. I want you to read the Miracle in the Mountains book. It's about Martha Berry. And mm-hmm. she actually did a lot of work with Henry Ford. And he believed mm-hmm. that he didn't give any money, but he would give tools and resources. Or if he gave money, like he gave Martha some money and said, go see what you can do with this. And it was like a tiny amount, like a dime or a dollar or a hundred dollars, something that couldn't turn anything into anything. But a year later, she came back and she'd like done all the stuff Mm. and made all the stuff. And, you know, and so he thought, well, if she could do that with a little, what could she do with a lot? And we talked about God. God's the same. Yeah. He gives you one little deal. Let's see what you can do with a lot of them. Yeah, for sure. I'm super excited. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, I feel like it kind of went everywhere. Like wholesaling is like, I feel like it's like the skate, you know, it's the, it's the way to get in without risking too many things. You know, you're, you're just, you're building a brand and that's, that's the way things kind of evolve is that if your heart is in the right place and you want, you know, you really want to help people. Like I, I do everything soul centered, right? So I'm like super big on like leading with my heart and sometimes it doesn't make business sense, right? Um, but that's okay. Cause that's what makes me feel good. <laughs> it always turns out the right way. Christina, you've been awesome. How can people get in touch you. with you if they have more questions about yes. investing in St. Anything. Louis or yes. wholesaling or anything like that? How can people get a hold of you? Yeah. So, um, I'm most active on Instagram right now, just Christina spells, um, pretty simple. And then I will be sharing more content, um, cause my friends are on me. <laughs> so I will be sharing more content. Um, just, just to help you analyze rental properties like on a, on a small, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things is people don't know how to analyze expenses and cash flow. And that's really my passion, letting wholesalers and investors know what their real cash flow is. So I'm super excited, but yeah, that's the best way to get in touch with me. And if you guys have any questions, feel free to DM me. Um, and I will definitely respond. <laughs> I love that. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Again, so much. This has been awesome. Appreciate Y'all don't it. forget to subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Y'all check us out. She buys it on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and uh, anywhere you can type it in. Christina will be back. I know so that we can dig into <laughs> more deals and details and maybe stay on track next time, but it's all good. <laughs> Thank you so much. And awesome. we'll see y'all next week. Awesome.